Uh, it's been a while, uh, but we're back uh, to our study of Genesis uh, after that long um, wait during the time of Advent. Uh, now we're back studying. Uh, yeah, today our theme is death to life, and uh, that is what we see in the book of uh, in the book of Genesis. Uh, we see death, but also we see life and the hope, uh, and also we see evil. Uh, we see consequence. Uh, we see flood. We see rebirth. We see Noah. Uh, we see again the hope descending, uh, not descending, but like a like a dove uh, going out, finding the olive branch, returning, indicating all is well. As uh, yes, the Lord fulfills His promises. So today, Genesis five six, chapter five verses six or chapter five, and chapter six, or chapter five two chapter six verse four. All right. Uh, why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time. Lord, we know the consequence of what has befallen us ever since the fall. Bless us, O Lord, in your grace, in your hope, in the, in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us this day and grant us your forgiveness and, and lead us always in the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But through all things, lead us and guide us as, you, as your spirit uh, continues to guide us in your truth. Bless us today in your word. May it sanctify us in your truth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, today, thank you for joining me today. Um, and um, uh, today we are continuing on with Genesis 5 uh, to Genesis 6, verse 4. Now let's just kick in. If you have your Bible out, remember, uh, first book of the Bible here, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 5. And why don't we read this along together? Genesis 5, verses 1 to 3. Uh, this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them men, them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Okay, so this is just a simple review of the creation story that we've seen in Genesis uh, uh, earlier uh, in, in the book. And uh, we very well know uh, that when we speak of creation, and when we speak of the author of all things, here we are clearly shown that Adam wasn't born into this world, but that he was created. Oh, we got Chicago bull colors, black and red. Anyways, when God created man, right? Created. Creatio ex nihilo. Created out of nothing. And why is this so important? Because it shows us not only who is the almighty God, that he is almighty, that he is, uh, as we call om omnipotent, omnipotent, uh, but that he is all-knowing, and that he is all present, right? This shows us clearly who our God is. Now, this is very important because when we trust in what our God has given to us, right? Uh, we very well know because of who he is, that God is not a liar, that he is almighty, all-knowing, that he is present everywhere, that he actually delivers what he promises. Earlier I mentioned Noah, and again, he, he would fulfill uh, and give to him uh, uh, the new start, eight and all, with all the animals, right? Uh, because he is God. 
right? He is not one of lip service. He's not one of lying, uh, but rather he tells the truth and he actually delivers what he promises. So here, clearly we see when God created man, um, this is a clear, uh, as Moses would write, uh, an indicator of God's creative power, right? That everything came into being by our Lord himself. That he uh, does not... He doesn't um, uh, leave us here alone, but rather he leads us by his very word, by his very uh, creative acts, by his very Apostles' Creed, Article 1, by uh, by the petition, um, give us this day our daily bread, that he does create, sustain, all out of his fatherly divine goodness without any merit or worthiness in me. Therefore, it is my duty to thank, praise serve and obey him, right? And here we see uh, the clear indicator of who he is. Now, interestingly, as we go through here, uh, we talk about Seth, right? He named him Seth. Now, again, when we look back at the story with Cain and Abel, we know Eve, uh, definitely, there was that notion that, that maybe Cain is the offspring of Genesis 3.15, the offspring of a woman. And uh, as we know, the sordid story of the great terror of the first murder, as the blood was crying out from the ground from his brother Abel, am I my brother's keeper? Who am I? Do I have to look after my brother? Sid is crushing at your door. Beware, Cain, right? Again, uh, Luther uh, would write in quotes, Moses makes no mention of Abel, for he passed away without an heir and has been set aside to be for us an example of the resurrection of the dead. Neither does he make mention of Cain, because by his sin, Cain was removed from the lineage of Christ and was cast out of the true church. Right? So, number one, Moses makes no mention of Abel because, well, he passed away without an heir, but he was set aside as that great hope, right? That, that though Seth is the line of, of, as we know, Jesus Christ, there we know Abel is a, is a picture of faith of the resurrection of the dead, but also Cain, who in himself, uh, we very well know uh, that his result was being cast out. Right? So I, I think the key point here is that through all things, even through the great murder, God continues, his will is done, and it is in the line of the Sethite, in the line of this geneal- genealogical, 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 say that three times, that genealogical, <laughs> that genealogical tree of Seth, and there it would lead to Jesus. Again, God is in command. He is in control. He knew all things because he is uh, the I am before uh, before all things he is the I am and and, and this is uh, the clear picture of why um, uh, we trust in God above all things uh, that his will is done yet at the same time as we learn in verse four and five that he does uh, as he promised in the book of Genesis three of uh, the fall the consequence of sin is what the consequence of sin is death. Death is the most unnatural reality in our lives. For before the fall, there was no death. There was eternal, eternity, a life that is forever. But now with death, or now with sin, death came into the world. You know, when we're born into this world, the next step is death, right? And, and that is a reminder to us of, of what? Of sin, right? Of the sin problem ever since the fall.
And here we see、uh, the clear picture that this sentence was given in verse four and five—a reminder that、uh, of the tree, the tree to which they had fallen—and now、uh, we see that result. So the days of Adam, after he fathered Seth, were eight hundred years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. You know, when we. You know, when we look back to the、uh, book of Genesis, chapter one, and I, if you have time,、um, I'm going to look back there right now too. But we see this, and he died. And as we look at、uh, again, as we look at chapter five,、uh, we see that, and he died, as a prevalent theme、uh, throughout the generations of Seth, right? And this is post fall. Now, before the fall, we saw God's creation, and what did He describe the creation as? As、uh, he he, actually, we'll go to it right now.、Um, verse four, chapter one. And God saw that the light was good.、Uh, verse ten. And God saw that it was good. Verse twelve.、Um, and God saw that it was good.、Uh, Genesis one eighteen. And God saw that it was what good. All His creation. Verse twenty one, and saw, and God saw that it was good, right? Genesis chapter one, verse twenty five, and God saw that it was good. I know I'm getting redundant here, but the point is, we see that re-、uh, re- repetition as a reminder of uh, uh, the results of someone's action, and and here we see God in Genesis chapter one as the holy one, as the mighty one, as the gracious, merciful one, where、uh, from His bountiful hand all things flow. Remember that every single day we thank God for all that we have, right?、Uh, but here we see、uh, clearly in chapter five、uh, what? And he died, right? Verse five. And he died. Verse eight. And he died. Verse eleven. And he died. Verse fourteen. And he died. Verse seventeen. And he died. Verse twenty. Right, we see clearly the repetition there as well. Now, again, when we go、uh, pre-fall, post-fall,、uh, and it was good, and now we see the the reality of what sin brought to the table. Of course,、um, what does the devil say?、Uh, if you eat from this tree, you will surely not die, but you will be like God. God said by His word, you will surely die if you eat from this tree. And there they were, and here we see it. They died. Right. God gives us His word, and, and, and、uh, He follows through, and death came into the world. And we see it throughout the 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 family line of Seth, right?、Uh, we see it, and, and you could read this for yourself、uh, from Enosh、uh, to Kenan、uh, to Mahalalel、uh, to Jared, right? I mean, just fathom the years they lived. Amazing, right? Hundreds of years. And now,、um, here we see as we—I I know I kind of skipped over much of this. Here we see in verse twenty-four, very important. Other than Elijah, here we see Enoch. When Enoch had lived, verse twenty-one, sixty-five years,、uh, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah three hundred years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty-five years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. 
right? Along with Elijah, Enoch was the one who never died. But rather, rather than tasting death, uh, he was taken up by the Lord. Now, why is that important here? What does that serve? Now, Luther says, in quotes, God wanted him to be an example for the whole world in light of Enoch in order to give comfort and encouragement to the faith in the future life. Therefore, this text should be written in letters of gold and should be impressed most deeply on the hearts. God wanted him to be an example for the whole world in order to give comfort and encouragement to the faith in the future life. See, in the midst of death, God does not leave us there. Rather, through the line of Seth, there we are given the Christ child, Jesus Christ, who as we go through this season of, his, of Epiphany, uh, really reveals to us who he is as the divine God in all these miracles uh, to what he has come uh, ultimately in his death upon the cross and, and three days later in the great triumphant work and conquering work of the resurrection. Uh, we very well know that uh, uh, what was I saying? I forgot. But <laughs> we see right here that this is of great encouragement in the midst of and he died that God took him. This is the life of faith. It is though we will taste death, right? God also takes us. Enoch is our reminder that uh, God has given us his promise in Jesus Christ. That in the midst of death, in the midst of all the ashes, right? Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The death sentence given to all humanity, words that we will hear uh, um, on Ash Wednesday coming up here uh, in a month or so. But he doesn't leave us there, but rather he robes us and, and takes us upon himself uh, by the reconciliatory work of Christ. Right? So in the midst of death, there is hope. Right? The law shows us our sin. The gospel does what? imparts to us and delivers us the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ, the absolution that is through uh, 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 the very promise of Christ. And uh, there we are um, receiving his promises. So from and he died to Enoch, we see that uh, kind of that law gospel swing, as I always call it, in a sense where uh, he doesn't leave us dead, but he, he makes us alive because we need to be made alive. We cannot necessitate ourselves, but rather by the promise of God, he took Enoch, and he takes us, all by sending of his son, Jesus Christ. Right? So, again, the, the great comfort in the midst of a sentence, Genesis 3.15, is that fulfillment, right? Yes, death comes in the world, but from the offspring of a woman would come the Savior of the world, crushing his head, Satan's, on the cross, but bruising the heel of Christ, and that is the picture of the resurrection. Death, uh, death would not be his eternal sentence, but rather Jesus would destroy death, rise on the third day, and give life to the world. Right? This is what he promises, from death to life. Genesis 3.15, fulfilled. All right. Interesting Jeopardy note here. Methuselah, the oldest human being in the Bible, 969 years. Get that on daily, get that on Jeopardy or the Daily Double. You can thank me later. Anyways, but the point is, is that we see the picture of, of, um, of God's working through it all. 
You know, God doesn't just wind, wind the clock and, and let us be and, and vacates from us. No, he, 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 continues, he continues to lead us, that his will is done, right? And, and we see it throughout uh, this text right here. God gives life uh, there, uh, and he died, but yet uh, he also gives us the promise of Christ and the resurrection and the taking all of us up uh, by his very work of the cross. Again, in that gift of the gospel, what happens? And again, I don't want to, I don't think I talked about Enoch enough, but Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Walked with God, right? Enoch is the life, is the picture of faith. Faith in the word. The walk with God. That is faith in the word. Now, we have faith in the word as we study it, as we hear it, as we receive it. Remember, it's in the word, not in my word, not in what I think the word says, not in when I, you know, when I find the word uh, convenient in my life, then I will look at it. No, this word is everything to us. When we walk with God, this word uh, is, is our being. This word is our light and our lamp unto our feet, uh, the light for our path. And this is the life of faith that Enoch had. You know, when we walk with God, uh, we walk by his word. We walk in faith, right? And, and, and though we live in the now and wait for the not yet, we very well know the not yet is to come, that great anticipatory return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we walk, running in this marathon, even in this pandemic, right? In the word of God, knowing that even at times when things seem to be crumbling down before us, the word endures forever. Jesus stands in the River Jordan uh, in his baptism for us, right? And likewise, uh, we take great comfort that his word endures forever. Okay, in that picture of hope, what happens? We see a big no-no here, right? And we see uh, chapter 6. I know we kind of zip through uh, the genealogy there. Oh, no, sorry. Apologies. Uh, uh, before chapter 6, now we are introduced, verse 28 to 31, to Lamech, right? Uh, he lived 182 years. Uh, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord is cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. From Lamech to Noah, again, we see what? We see the promise that is at hand eventually the flood, listening to God's command, and there he would, uh, though the world was evil, there Noah ate and all his, uh, Ham, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, and, and their wives and his wife and all the animals would be on this ark to start anew due to the evilness or the evil uh, condition of mankind. Now, it's interesting. Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Right? Remember, Lamech's grandfather was Enoch. So there is this connection with, uh, with what? That, uh, knowing that promise, the promise of God delivers, that he took him up. So Lamech definitely, uh, when he sees Noah or names him Noah, there is hope. There is a hopefulness to this, right? And after Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Very interesting. All the other genealogies, as you see in chapter 5, uh, they are the firstborn uh, uh, and, um, you know, we, we read the text of the genealogy, sons and other sons and daughters were also born. This is when the world was being populated, but interesting enough, interestingly enough, we see right here Shem, Ham, and Japheth being introduced. Now, the question is why, 
right? Uh, because here we see the importance of their names, that they too would be the remnant, right? They too, along with Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, would be the remnant, as you are the remnant, the remnant of, of his promise, right? And as the remnant, they are listed here because, well, they would be on that very ark along with Noah and his wife to start anew for all of humanity. Right? It's interesting, that little nuance there, right? You look at all the generations. We talk about Mahalalel. Maha uh, we talk about Jared. We talk about Kenan. We talk about Enosh. Uh, and um, even we talk about uh, Methuselah, right? But here, that little detail, extra detail, shows the clear picture of who was to not only survive, but be on that boat that God had commanded Noah to build. Everything begins with God and ends with God. Right? Okay. But sadly, uh, why do we need the flood? Well, because chapter 6 shows us the increasing corruption of the land. Why don't we read this together, verse 1 and 2. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they choose. Now, what was happening here? Well, of course, the carnal flesh uh, was happening. Uh, they were looking um, attractively, and, and many would think that the Canaanites were the ones they were looking at. Now, again, we, we know the, the story of, uh, uh, of the Israelites, right? We know in the future uh, how the Canaanites uh, would be their great kryptonite, I guess you'd call it, as they it would corrupt them, as they would uh, fall to idols because of the Canaanites. And here... Um, you know, uh, in their struggle, in their spiritual struggle of corruption, here we see it again, right? That corruption of, of not only flesh, uh, but attractiveness is lust after one another. And there we see this corruption uh, uh, manifesting itself uh, through, um, again, through this very sin and evil. Um, yes. Uh, these sons of God, as it says right here, uh, most likely uh, what, who we talked about here in chapter 5, all the generational lines uh, were there as time passed, the carnal passions of the flesh took charge, and, and we see it right here. The result is corruption. You know, when we talk about sin, friends, and evil, the thing is, when we are perpetuated, when, when, when we are persistent in our sin, right, there's one thing to be a sinner, you and I both are, right? But it's another to, uh, to revel in it as if we are persistent in it. Like the, the law of God has no pull on our life, as if the law of God has no uh, call to repentance in our life, but rather sin uh, uh, continues on that line of sin, and then more sin, and then more sin, and then more sin, and then more sin, and then what happens, right? We see the sons of God becoming corrupt all the way to destruction. See, that's the thing about sin, you guys. Um, are we perfect? The answer is no. The law shows us our sin. Every single day, sadly, sorrowfully, we sin. Do we want to sin? No. Do we strive to do better? Do we strive to do good according to the law of God? Yes. Do we strive on His demands? Yes. Can we do that perfectly? The answer is no. But that's the struggle. That's the fight. 
right? When the difference between that and the persistence of sin is looking at God's word and, 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 and saying no thanks, right? I'm going to live as I please. Or even just completely ignoring God's word and just living as we please. And sin perpetuates more sin and perpetuates more sin. And soon enough, we are destroyed. See, that's the thing about the word of God, right? Uh, it's not just the gospel, but it's the law and the gospel, Right? The law shows us uh, the need of Christ and how it points us to Christ at the end of the day. But we're not living in an antinomian lifestyle that is without the law, right? But rather, the law that's written on our hearts and daily, uh, the law shows us the need, what? Of repentance, right? And we pray to the God. We pray to God that the Spirit may help us overcome this sin, right? That, that the Spirit may lead us to do good uh, uh, according to our neighbor, Right? That's a struggle, but yet in our fleshly nature, what was happening here in chapter 6 of Genesis was people were just disregarding the word of God. They were sitting as if that was just okay. And we see this manifest itself in more and more and more, and there, sadly, the flood would have to come. Verse 3, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. And now this is the indictment on what they had done. 120 years. Many, you know, many would see this as uh, the, the decreasing of lifespan. But it's, a hard, it's, it's hard to say that because as we see... Many would live longer than 120 years um, ever since this, this word came to be, right? Many would live more than 120 years, for sure. Um, so, so I think the, the better uh, approach uh, would simply be uh, that this was kind of like the countdown of what was to come in the flood, 120 years. This is where uh, Noah uh, would prepare, and though the world thought he was foolish for doing such things, he was preparing for what was to come. You know, the, the time is now, 120 years, right? Verse 4. Uh, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were old, the men of renown. Now again, uh, the Nephilim, who are they? The sons of God and the, and, and the daughters of men. There they would... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, there, they would be the offspring of the Son of God and the daughters of men, the sons of God and the daughters of men. And um, what happened to these Nephilim? Well, they were uh, they perceived themselves to be the one of great authority above God, right? And uh, this is the picture of man, isn't it? Uh, First commandment stuff. Um, the giants, these Nephilim, refused all authority, right? They lived tyrannically and oppressive. They were um, all they were looking out for, all they were raging for was their own pleasure and covetousness. And this is the picture of rebellion and simply refusing uh, the word of God, right? Okay. And um, as the last verse of the day, I know we're going to... Uh, cut it pretty short. It's almost 30 minutes here. Uh, the Nephilim show us clearly uh, the, the cautionary reminder of, of what happens uh, with sin, right? Luther writes, um, even if later on you should warn such people, they pay no heed whatever. They think that they need no teacher and they are sure that they are in the right. They do not believe in a life after this life, nor do they hope for salvation even in their manifest sins. But disgrace and reproach overtake them in the end. 
The persistent impenitence and utmost contempt for the word impelled God to bring on the universal destruction of all flesh by the flood. The persistent impenitence. Persistent impenitence. And this is the picture of the Nephilim. Now, it's not about being perfect as a sinner. I'm not perfect, for sure. If you knew me, you very well know I'm not perfect. But as a sinner, uh, we confess our sins. The Lord is faithful and just, and we, He will forgive us of all of our unrighteousness, of course, right? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And, and that is where the Nephilim were. They were persistent in their impenitence. They lived as they pleased. Now, when you see someone living persistently in their sin, uh, you... You stop them and say, look, this is what's happening. Because you know the implications of how that sin is perpetuated, and you know the, the road to which that goes down, and that is utter destruction. Actually, when you, when you, uh, uh, you know, raise the flag on people, uh, I know the world might call you so many different names of, of you know, uh, of, these qu- of the society we live in now, labels are just like thrown out there so quick without even knowing the person, right? But when we stand up for the word of God, it, it is for their own welfare. Right? Because we know the Nephilim, in a sense of, we, we know what this impenitent persistent of sin is all about. And that is the picture of the Nephilim. Right? They thought they were giants, they thought they were like uh, above all things in this world, but in the sight of God they were nothing. They would be crushed by the deluge of the flood. Right? And this is the reminder, you guys. There is consequence. And he died. There is consequence. But at Nephilim, there is consequence. The flood. But there is Noah. The promise rescue through water enoch the promise taken up the law to the gospel and we see this whole picture and say wow yes there is evil yes there is judgment but also there is hope come all you who are broken heavily laden i will give you rest and here we see it right the rest in his word the rest in the work that noah would show us over the water, rescuing them from this flood. Enoch, not even tasting death, the picture of the resurrection. And, and, and this is, uh, this is uh, who we are. So again, a lot of play here uh, in this whole pendulum of death and life, sin and forgiveness and judgment um, as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, we know the story, right? Walking with God, the life of faith. There we see Noah and his family, eight and all, two by two, all the animals there on that ark, surviving and being rescued, all by the promise of God. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know, we know our sin is ever before us, but Lord, you are faithful and just and you forgive us of all of our sins. Lord, bless us in this life. Lead us by the wisdom of your word and through all things grant us your peace. Lord, we know that um, in your promise, uh, uh, or we know that, In the fall, there is death, O Lord. But through the death of your Son, you have given us life. Bless us, Lord, this day. Grant us the good news of great joy. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining me here. We're back, Genesis, for a little bit here before Lent, where we'll stop again, but we're back. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Noah, Enoch, Andy died, all the generations. Good stuff. Repeat, 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 study, 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 read the Bible. But until next time, Pastor Jung here, Faith Lutheran Church, Moorpark, California, 93021. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Meet us here Sunday, 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for live service. And uh, we will go through the word yet again. All right. Have a wonderful day. Love you all. Pray for you all. Until next time. Adios.
That's right, and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.